0: Hey there. Welcome back to the Not Your Normal Social Emotional Learning podcast. My name is Nini White and this episode is part 2 about kids frustration with longtime educator Wendy Zakudo. Wendy had much more to share with us than there was time for in the previous episode about helping children when they're experiencing frustration, so we were both glad to continue the conversation. In this episode, Wendy goes into a variety of factors, seen and unseen, that contribute to children's frustration. We have more to talk about. You have much more to share with us about this topic of frustration in very young children. And um, I want to follow your brilliant suggestions so that we really get to uh, help teachers with the as full a range as possible of, of all the kids that come into our class from the gifted to the traumatized emotionally or physically to all the different kinds of personalities and temperaments. Um, where would you like to start with all of that, Wendy?
1: Well, the last time we talked, we talked about how the environment in a classroom or how the environment that is the contribution of the adult in the classroom affects and responds to frustration. But what I'd like to talk about today is the backpack of things that children bring Mm -hmm. with them that we as teachers don't have any access to. Even, even as a grandparent of two children, I don't really know what their day has been like when I pick Mm -hmm. them up at school or, you know, if I'm keeping them overnight, what happened the night before. So, it's important to, to know that we don't know so much mm. about the children that we're seeing. Say that again. Say that again. It's, it's important, important for us to know that we don't know right. so much about the children that we are seeing. Right. And so I guess the next layer of questions are, what are the underlying things that the child brings with them consistently or may not bring with them consistently. And um, three of the things that I that come to mind um, uh, that are, are kind of topics that I've had to deal with as a teacher is giftedness in children, trauma, and temperament. So to start with the idea of giftedness, I, I'm, you know, I, I think giftedness is kind of a easily misunderstood attribution for a child mm-hmm. oftentimes people will hear that a child has been or is, is being thought about as being gifted or maybe they're you know early readers or they you know can um, recite the you know addition tables for you or something like that and and they generate this label of being gifted mm-hmm. and then our expectations become attuned to whatever that label is. So, for example, we might not realize the child, whatever his or her cognitive capacities might be, could be tired and might have a very short frustration level. Mm. Or maybe the activities that we're putting out there are really boring for this child and there isn't an opportunity right. for the child to, you know... It's almost a a sort of um, knee-jerk reaction to think that a gifted child is going to be bored. And then as teachers, we tend to get insulted by that. Mm. You know, how can we, you know, how can a a 3 or 5 or 7 or 10-year-old, you know, outsmart us if we planned all this, you know, information or, you know, experiences for them and and it doesn't meet them where they are. Mm. But I think we have to be fluid in that and we have to be aware that if this child is exhibiting some some gifted tendencies we have to trust that they're giving us feedback that is important for us to know and not be Um, self-deprecating about it Mm -hmm. you know and maybe join with the child and say wow this appears to not be the right thing for you to do right now can you help me what would make this more interesting for you (laughs) you know and they may or may not know depending on how old they are maybe it's a matter of just watching where they end up in the classroom Mm -hmm. if it's a three or four year old Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so um but I have seen children, especially in elementary school and and actually in kindergarten too, who 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 get very frustrated because that gap between where they are intellectually and their ability to actually to to um, explain what their preference or their need yes, is. Yes. There's a gap there. And that can be a very frustrating thing for a child. I mean, it's easy for us to see that with a nonverbal child or someone who's just coming into verbalization, yes. you know, ability. Obviously, they can't speak for themselves. But some of these gifted kids have those same kinds of, of experiences. And, of course, that would work, you know, for all kinds of kids that are unable to explain what we need for them to know.
0: Yes. Yeah yeah really important and so i guess a uh, part of of the the teachers and the parents and the grandparents uh, responsibility is to help them define give definition
1: to their experiences and their emotions and uh, yes 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 that's part of it and i think by by increasing our own verbalization of our own processes that's one thing we can do Mm -hmm. i think by by being patient with ourselves for not knowing what's going on i mean the bottom line is with frustration what's gonna always be this the the best thing is to try to equalize the emotional 10 you know temperature in the room and the way we do that is by starting with ourselves (laughs) And as soon as the child realizes that we're on their side, that we understand them or we're doing our best and we love them. And when they feel that, that, that helps us move forward with the child. And it may be, you know, sometimes when we're frustrated, we need a physiological release. That's another thing that we need to talk about. You know, um, the fight, flight, freeze pattern that that gets initiated when the amygdala is is stimulated when our brain tells us something is not safe. Yeah. The the animal in us is going to fight, flight, flee, or or freeze. Yeah. Um, what animals do is they shake. You know, if you've ever seen an animal that's been that's you know a deer who's been chased by a lion, when they're finished. They just shake, and that takes all of that frustration and all that energy that they don't know what to do with out of their body. Wow. And we don't tend to do that. So sometimes something physical is something we need to direct the child to do. Give them a drum with a, a, you know, a nice sound to it so they can pound it or clay or one of the things that I had in my classroom. I, I had a group of children one year that came from a child care center. They, they showed up at child care anytime before seven o'clock and um, would be at the child care center from seven until they came to kindergarten, which was about 830. So they'd already had, you know, a big day before they came to me. And and there were a lot of children who had high, you know, um, frustration, lack of focus, things like that, that would all be symptomatic of what we're talking about. And I had a permanent clay station and I mean the old fashioned gray clay that's messy, (laughs) you Mm. know, Um, so that they could if they needed to go over there, it was removed from the instructional part of the classroom and just play in the clay and it was a very therapeutic thing for them and then when they were ready they'd go they'd wash their hands they'd come to the rug so sometimes you know there is a physical release like that I think that physical part needs
0: so much more respect I love that you're bringing that forward Mm -hmm. Uh, did I interrupt you I'm sorry
1: no, no. I was just saying we were talking about giftedness. Yeah. But, you know, that could be true for, for more than just a gifted child. But yeah. it certainly could be a way for a child who's feeling that frustration and can't explain it yeah. to, to go and, and have some kind of a physical um, experience. Yes. You know, like that. That's powerful. and And it just rings so true.
0: I mean, for all of us. We all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So shall we trauma is something that just the thought of it that children are traumatized traumatizes me which doesn't make me in a very powerful situation for them how do you how do you equalize
1: everything in that kind of a situation well if we're working with children who you know with groups of children that are likely to be traumatized i mean Mm-hmm. most children are in one way or another i mean yes. within a normal classroom you're going to have children who who exhibit some form of trauma be it an angry parent in the morning who's right. rushing you know whatever right. Right. all the way through to to some very marked you know experiences yes. so the more likely that that's going to happen i think teachers benefit from their own therapy um i i can't talk about that enough because i think that um it's it's natural for people to get re-traumatized when they're when they're watching children who are exhibiting some of these behaviors so that's kind of a baseline and to create within a school some kind of safety protocol so that people can sort of download some of these things you know and be able to to have some support in in not having to deal with highly tra- traumatic traumatized children by themselves so that that has to be in the mix too but um, I'm thinking of a few situations. I was talking to someone today who had a child in her classroom. And he would become extremely distraught. And um, they created a space in the school where, where a TA could walk with the child over to a therapist or a psychologist that um, would allow... Him To discharge a lot of that feeling Mm -hmm. and feel safe before he could go back into the classroom. So rather than punishing a child, or rather than making a child feel shameful about their um, large reaction in a classroom, Mm -hmm. to be able to shift it to a healing perspective. That we understand that there's something going on. We don't know what it is. And we're trusting you to tell us that there is something going wrong so that we can provide you with that love and support that will help you be able to come back into the classroom and learn. And often, when that happens, you know, we need to deal deeper. You know, sometimes we have to go back to, finding out what's going on in the home environment and that can be very difficult for a school or a teacher Mm -hmm. to be able to start prying in that way Mm -hmm. but but we do have some responsibility about that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but um again you know it always it keeps coming back to that adult as the safe space for these children rather than punishment or you know now there are times i guess in situations where where it's it's so difficult that um one of the situations that i was in this was a very hard thing this is when i was at the um the preschool uh, and i was the teacher director and there was a child who would have these tantrums every single day and he was definitely frustrated and there was something traumatizing him i didn't know what it was so i was spending a good part of my day with we had a room like the one I was describing and I was as the lead teacher was spending a lot of time with one child out of 25 and I finally sat down with the mom and and dad and I said you know um, I'm happy to work with your child because he's very responsive to me and he does go back into the classroom but I'm worried that this is happening so much that this is something, we're overlooking something. There's something, I don't know what it is. And they became very defensive, and they weren't going to listen to me, and it was very hard, and my board was very upset. Why are you, you know, pathologizing this family? They're really nice people, you know. Uh So it just kind of went on for a while until the parents had to go out of town for some reason, and they were staying with a family member. And something happened. I don't want to say what it is because mm-hmm. somebody could identify maybe mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. And this child came back to the classroom and, and was even more traumatized. And now we had a specific situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, he, you cannot bring him back until I know that, he, that your family is in some kind of therapy there there has to be somebody with more expertise than me <laughs> yeah. helping you through this situation yeah. it really yeah. is a very important situation yeah and so um she she was upset the mom was upset she removed him from the school she didn't come back and then at the very end of the year in June she brought him to the gate she said can we come in and I said of course So they came in and she said he wants to see his friends and I said fine and she looked at me and she said we have about an hour before a therapy appointment.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: And I, I see that as one of the most satisfying things I've ever done. Yeah. Because I really fear that that family may never have dealt with whatever those issues were. Yeah. And um, he seemed to be a whole lot happier,
0: too. That's so beautiful. It's life-changing. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, I was going to ask you, have you, have you got any like stories about kids who, uh, are able to handle their frustration well? And I'm sure that perhaps that child was able to, but I was wondering just by the temperament or the personality, some children just seem to be more grounded and settled. And do you have any stories about those kinds of kids
1: well yeah I think I think it's an interesting kind of identification that we do for children a lot of times the kids who are the easier ones Mm -hmm. tend to be the ones that we think of as being more mature maybe or you know more um, kind of normal <laughs> i don't whatever know whatever that means yeah but but I, I i do think you know this whole idea of being a sensitive person or not sensitive or you know it, we want to be sure that we're not going to label a child based on what their reactions to something mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you know i think we need to be very anyway that's my feeling that you know i think we need to be accepting of of how children present at at in a school environment without, um, without some people being better than and some people. Oh, being absolutely. Less. Oh. you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. So, so you know, there generally speaking, you know, physiologically, some some people believe that girls tend to be a little bit more "quote unquote" mature than boys, mm-hmm. you know, just because of their physiological development. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, we tend to see them as being caretakers, but we see that with boys too. So I think now that gender is being seen as being more fluid, that also comes into it, mm-hmm. you know, where we have to really hold off, I think, on our, on our labeling of children and their reactions mm-hmm. and their temperaments. Um, I think more than that, I think we want to always check in with children because sometimes those kids who are the least reactive and see, see the least frustration are dealing with it in ways that is not necessarily helping them to be their best selves. Mm. I had a little girl in kindergarten who um, would not drink the milk from a carton. In those days, everybody brought money and everybody had a carton of milk, but there were no straws. I don't know why they were ahead of their time. Yes, yes. <laughs> And the kid had to open their their little box and then be figure out how to drink the milk coming out of that triangle that's left yes. on the corner of the box. And this one little girl refused to do it. You know, she just, she wouldn't dr- drink it. And she didn't cry and she didn't cr- cause a scene. She didn't do anything. She just looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I went oh, okay, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but she was also a very quiet little girl, she she had friends, but, you know, and so the mom said to me, well, why don't you just send it home with me, and, and she can drink it at home, and I said, what a great idea, I said, but have her drink it the way that we're drinking it at school, don't just pour it into a glass for her, and really work with her one-on-one in, in being able to do that, uh-huh. and so, Little by little, one day she walked in the classroom and she said, I'm going to drink my milk with the same way with everybody else. So please don't send my milk home. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and she, sure enough, she had been hiding the fact that she was really terrified of doing this in front of other people. Uh-huh. She, she was... Mature, she did communicate, she wasn't causing a scene, but it was leaving her out of such an important thing. Who knew? By March, when she had her birthday, this mother came to me and said, What have you done to my kid? I said, Why? And she said, I've never seen her in the role she was in. She led her whole birthday party. She said, We're going to play Duck Duck Goose now. And she got all the kids in a circle and she went around and she said i've i've never seen her be like that before and it was nothing i had done it was that i believe i mean who knows but what happened in her home i don't know right. but i believe that, that that power that she exerted over that whole milk incident mm. pushed her out into that risk space that safe risk space yeah. and um so was she mature before? I don't know. You know that was a pretty extraordinary behavior for a five-year-old, you know, or a six-year-old, or whatever. So, um, but yeah. what? Go ahead. They can surprise us. Kids surprise us as long as we're open to to kind of those little subtle things. Absolutely, and the thing is. I think this is a great way to conclude
0: this two part uh, session on um, second part of the session on frustration is that frustration can just be seen as an opportunity when the child is experiencing that frustration to really help them step beyond that tiny set of limitations that they put themselves into. And that is the art of the teacher, of the parent, of the grandparent. I agree. That's so well said. Oh. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. Uh, uh, is
0: there anything else you want to say to conclude or
1: no, it's just a delight to talk with you. Well,
0: <laughs> you know I feel the same. All right, we'll be in touch. All righty. Thank, Alrighty, thank
1: take care. you. Bye.
0: Bye. So there you have it. We hope and trust that these two episodes on young children's frustration have been helpful to you. Do you know another teacher or parent who would benefit from these episodes? Do you have other challenges in the classroom at home or at home that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast? Please do feel free to email us at ask at kidsownwisdom.com. We're always grateful for reviews, new subscribers, comments and just plain listeners. So thank you again, and thank you for all you're doing to nurture the kids in your world. They need you a lot.